0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of One Vision. Joining us today is Frederic Murphy, author of Lead Beyond the Edge and a leadership mindset strategist. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Theodora. I am so honored to be on your show and to be one of the voices for your viewers this once. Thank you.
0: (laughs) We love having different voices and especially it's good to put a name to you, I've been following your post. I saw your article on Vogue. And we obviously share, you know, different things on social media and Instagram. And the one thing I love the most is your, your smile, your attitude. It, it, it's contagious. Every time when I see you doing book signing with that big smile,
1: it's like, <laughs> wow. I- now you know why my uh, Twitter handle is Irish Smiley. It's it's exactly. smiling <laughs> exactly,
0: so for those of you who are not following Federica please do so and before we start, can you share a little bit about your journey with our audience, your mountain moving mindset business, and tell us a bit about your new book too. What is it about?
1: Thank you so much um wow, my journey uh <laughs> you know um. It started very personally um like like a a lot a, a lot of us um transformation has been something in my life um whether i you know at the beginning i probably not consciously knew it but there was a lot of change a lot of transformation happening and i really needed to have a personal journey um embracing myself and 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 really um, like you know actually having having read the book with the intimate you know narrative a lot of things that was happening and and change just was the avenue where I found out about the power of our mind to rewire our brain and it was just you know when you have like this click where it just it's like you know this is your thing and I just thought um, having gone on this journey myself still being on this journey myself an ever ever learning journey that this was the most amazing thing to do and I just thought, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. And it started, you know, in uh, corporate organizations as a change management consultant. So still, you know, the change was there. Um, And then 14 years ago, I was ready. So I launched my business, Maintain Moving Mindset. And uh, for short, we say M3. And M3 And basically it says what it's, you know, what it says on the team. Um, when your mindset is strong enough to move a mountain, your mindset is strong enough to do anything. And it's really a, um, platform for people to use the power of their mind to rewire their brain. And I use the three science. Um, so I have, um, neuroscience, positive psychology, which will be no surprise to anyone here, even watching us already. and uh, behavior change. And using the three sciences, um, really helping with, you know, processes and shifts and strategies to help people achieve the extraordinary. And a couple of years ago, I was ready to like, because your questions are three parts. So now we're like, oh, the third part, the book, Um, the book came up because I, I, The book helped me do what I want to do, but doing it even bigger. It's like, you know, when the M3 goes wild, goes wild, goes large, and Lead Beyond the Edge was ignited. Um, It is a resource for people to really access that power that they have, uh, focusing on the science of achievement. Uh, I am um, as you know yourself, you know, from having read the intro and you know like following all of the processes because it's a very structured approach um it's based on this concept where we have this ability to create paths in our brain, and I thought to myself, How amazing will it be to be totally overt about it and actually tell the reader we are gonna build this actual path in your brain where the path is going to take you from point A to point B and B to C and C to D and et cetera, et cetera. Helping you with anything that could come up on your way to your extraordinary. So I sat and after like 20, you know, putting together 20 years of change management and I thought to myself, what stops people in their tracks? And I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and it came down to 12 stop points. 12 things can stop us ourselves in our tracks. And I thought, let's lead beyond the edge, beyond the walls of our confined comfort zone, because everything that we want to be, everything that we want to have, everything that we want to do that we don't have yet is outside of this box. Hence, you know, the lead beyond, because it's more than leave. It's like, you know, when we want our extraordinary, we need to lead ourselves. It's you know it it goes further than a title of being a leader. It's about us you know saying yes, I'm taking charge, two hands on the steering wheel, and I come up with this structured 12-step approach that will provide the reader with anything that they need so that they never stop themselves in their tracks by learning you know all of the ins and outs of what's happening in their brain. So. <laughs>
0: I, I love that. I love the, um, it's pragmatic. I like that. It's, it's like, a, it reads like a step-by-step guide, but it nudges you a little bit along the way. It feels achievable in some sense. Um, not, not not like, oh my God, you know, you're going to have to jump and leap. And, and, and I love, there are a lot of things I like about the book. Um, and one of the things I like too is when you are writing about journaling your thoughts. With a pen and paper, I still use pen and paper. I love pen and paper. Yeah. That's how I write. That's how I think. That's how I draw. And in today's digital world, though, it feels like a lost art. I talk to my kids all the time. They type with their computer. They draw on the iPad. Everything is digital, and you know even with even with writing i've been trying to get my daughter to write more she loves to write but she's also very lazy she loves the autocomplete she loves the autocorrect <laughs> it's instead of the art of using pen walk us through a little bit about your thoughts there cuz you touched on that in your book as well Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, oh, and I love that this, this is one of the areas that you really kind of, you know, got excited about. Uh, pen and paper, I use it all throughout the book. Uh, it kind of comes in and out, I use it with strategies, so the particular one you refer to um, was the one we call effect labelling, um, which is, which actually helps when you write down your thoughts you help your brain diminish the intensity of those thoughts, um, which is why it's really, really useful for, for instance, you know, that inner critic, that saboteur of ours, that's really kind of, kind of help. Now, where it comes from, the pen and paper, and I love how you say like a lost art, but I'll focus on the art, is actually it's all about effectiveness. And the reason why I really weaved in and out, you know, in the book is that pen and paper helps you be more effective. And every single thing that I do in the book has uh, for goal, like aim towards making everything as effective as possible. And the easiest way to think about it is why like pen and paper, uh, is when you use pen and paper, you actually are using several of your five basic senses. And the way the brain works is that the more senses you are using the more brain areas are stimulated because each of the five senses are actually in a different part of our brain, so the tactile that you add, the sound of the pen, you know the strokes on the paper, all like we already three four senses in all of these actually stimulates the brain, and the more simulation means the actually the more engagement you get. And the beauty of it is that an engaged brain learns better, retains better, and performs better. So that's why very early on, actually, I think even in the introduction, I actually, uh, there's this little thing where I take the reader through, uh, like posing taking the book and actually starting to draw a brain and we divide and I don't know and you may have done it um you know doing the brain divided into the various loves and like so sketching writing doodling I always encourage pen and paper and it's because so like think the most engaged area will mean the better performance the better retention and the best learning um this is really this is really something um important, like even like with anything that we do to actually remember that an engaged brain learns better, returns better, and performs better, isn't it because when like we can use it with anything that we do from um you know like to really foster learning, if you think of um there's been lots of studies that, and you know I know we'll discuss lots of things, but there's been like for instance studies with uh, kids and children and even adults studying and the difference of their brain when they are actually taking notes. So they are like receiving a lecture and they are just taking notes and the difference that it makes because when, as we take notes and as we sketch things that we are hearing, uh, we already start processing things in the way that it's gonna make more sense for us to retain. And which means that already the brain goes, Oh, I, like, you know, it's already like you have to imagine it's already starts switching on everywhere. Everything like in the brain goes <laughs> like little, like a Christmas, you know, like the light on a Christmas tree. Because it hears you, it sees you, and it goes, Oh, so that's how you want me to create this memory, consolidate this memory, and retain this memory. Um, so yeah, that's why pen and paper all the way. <laughs>
0: I I like that. I need to, speaking of, I need to remind my kids to make sure they use pen and paper when they take notes. (laughs) That is something we did, didn't we, when we were in school? Always pen and paper. Yeah,
1: we had no, you know, the iPad. No we don't want them to think we're too old. But no, there was, sorry, sorry, our viewers. <laughs> we both look great, but
0: there was no iPad, no, no, no. no tablet.
1: Uh, there was no phone. iPhone did not exist when we
0: were in school. <laughs> so mobile phones didn't exist either. Uh, I remember not. I got my first one when I was way in my 20s. And uh, yeah, that, that was quite something.
1: No, <laughs> so it
0: is. I, so, yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about a quote I got from your book, too, talking about you smiling and laughing. It reminds me because when I read that, I laughed so hard. I literally laughed so hard. Oh, I want to you know in there, you said, People often say motivation doesn't last, neither does bathing. That's why we recommend it daily. Okay, <laughs> motivation. And bathing taking a bath i don't think i ever saw a correlation but voila that's what you wrote So uh, oh, all oh, the people oh, read about how did you come up with something like that and and where did you get your inspiration from everything you quote in your write it's
1: fascinating oh i'm loving you sharing this i love i was just so excited to know oh, what was that quote um so that uh, brilliant gem um is from um the late Zig Zigger, um who is uh you know hands seen as one of the pioneers uh in the personal development. Um and I feel extremely blessed. Um let's see, when was this? Oh uh 12 years ago. I actually shared the stage with him uh in Texas and I remembered actually him using uh, that quote. And I remember thinking, how perfect is it? And being like you going like totally laughing. Um, uh, such a yeah, so su- yeah, so uh, such an amazing man. And um, you know, his his legacy uh definitely in the in the personal development world will you know will last forever and ever, which is so amazing. Um and I love that you laughed because you know the way we just spoke about how an engaged brain learns better and performs better. Well, your brain loves to laugh. Uh, And when you laugh, imagine all of those little extra, extra uh, neural paths actually igniting themselves, um, all of those neurons. And so uh, laughing is a great strategy. Uh, Definitely recommend it several times daily. So I'm so delighted this happened. Um, And, you know, I want to like we hear and, um, you know, for your listeners and your viewers. I want to give as much. So uh, I'll pack the uh question and I'll just add a little TV, to, you know, for our viewers. Um, uh, when we were talking about motivation, is um something that is a myth and that needs to be debunked over and over again until people are finally you know, hearing it. So it's a little spoiler alert for those of you who haven't read the book. So Theodorashi already knows that. Um, but it's, it's something that we really need to hear. Do um, you know how most people uh, actually think they need to wait to be motivated to then act? We think, oh, I'll just, you know, I'm just waiting to be motivated and then I'll act. Um, this is where knowledge OLED is so powerful. And your brain is not how it works. Hence why, you know, in the book, it's so important to learn all of those things so that you work with your brain. So your brain, it, that's not at all how it handles motivation. And for that motivation loop to kick in, you need to act, which is why, you know, motivation does not precede action. Action receives motivation and there is this uh wonderful neurochemicals which is one of the um chemical that gets released in the brain uh which is dopamine which i know some of you will have heard of that really gets kicked in from that first action and it kicks in that uh feedback loop which is a wonderful loop because it gets you excited and motivated and then you want to do it more and more and it starts with that one action so a little you know for some of you, you would have gone, whoa, that's such a shift. Because I even myself, I remember like, you know, waiting in front of that white piece of paper and waiting, oh, let's go, let's wait to be motivated. Um, now that I know, you know, that first action kicks it in, it's just, you know, my like it's totally one of those shifts that really changed my world. And um the way to really remember it, because once we consciously hear it, that sometimes we need that little kind of extra um is I want like all of you to kind of you know like write and think and you know and write like i am and i am is so powerful uh, because we all are and we are all so powerful and when you really focus on those letters a and M, so i am here gives you the clue of which one goes first a for action and m for motivation so action precedes motivation i do it release the dopamine which kickstarts this wonderful feedback loop and really energize you and you know gives you more so that's for motivation but to uh Theodore, a wonderful question um you know so quotes i very specifically uh, i'm delighted you. it's also something you picked up on um used quotes throughout uh from you know, Henry David Thoreau to um, Einstein to Edison and uh, to then, you know, let's not even start talking about all of the scientists that, of course, I quote and, you know, advise and respect. And uh, I think there's like, you know, eight or 10 pages of references if people want to, you know, dig into the science even more. Um, and yet uh, this may surprise you also it probably, I don't think it will because you've read the book, um, the most influential person in my life um, was, but is still uh, in my heart forever, uh, my grandfather. My grandfather was an extraordinary man. Um, I miss him, I miss him dearly. Um, he was my father figure growing up. Um, and in actually, yeah, in you know, in the book, as we go from belief to attitudes and behaviors, um, just like another tip is for our viewers is that our beliefs are rooted in our childhood. And many of our beliefs are actually accessed with the people around us. And I yeah. am so very grateful um for you know forever and ever to have had my grandfather in my life um to have developed those beliefs at such a young age and consolidated them you know again and again and then the beauty of beliefs is that your beliefs are actually then leads to the development of your attitudes. So like talk about you know having an influence in your life. Um, he was such an extraordinary man. Uh, he was what we call these days a serial entrepreneur. Uh, so it was I guess there was no doubt that I was gonna be an entrepreneur as well myself and just um seeing his beliefs, his attitudes toward the world um, just taught me so very much um, that I will yeah I will never forget so definitely most influential person in my life. <laughs>
0: That so resonates too. I think, you know, oftentimes we talk about having role models and the importance of role models. It gives you an opportunity to see the world that they embody, to see how they treat things. And we end up becoming a version of them very often. Um, It helps you believe in what you can get to, what you can achieve. And, And I love that. So I'm sure he would have been super proud of you. Um, And and what you've been able to do. So kudos. (laughs) And uh, talking about quotes, one of the things that you've also used is every problem is an opportunity in disguise. Now, there's so many examples I can think of, especially given the last two years of the pandemic, there's so much going on right now. But being able to see through that, recognizing an opportunity, being able to do something about it, it's yet another challenge by itself. How do you help someone see the light at the end of the tunnel when we're all so overwhelmed and, frankly, exhausted?
1: Oh, uh, wow, it's, isn't it? I think there's so much going on is the understatement of uh, the year, the decade. Um, you know, brain, like the strategy that comes to mind when you mention, you know, the exhaustion and the, overwhelm and um, is a wonderful strategy uh, that enables us to access a um, sense of calm and well-being um, as well because it's like it's one of these powerful strategy is that it also boosts your focus in your concentration so um, it's like oh yeah Frédéric give it to me <laughs> well-being focused concentration and um uh, just like another piece of carrot before i said it, uh, it can be done with like nothing you don't need anything apart from your brain so it's a wonderful strategy um it's a strategy that like i i'll be i do it daily um i do it for lots of things anytime you feel that overwhelm, that um, exhaustion, that fatigue, that sadness, anything happening, and you feel to yourself, oh, I just need to set back, I need to, I need to reset, what you're gonna do is you're going to breathe. And breathing, the reason why it's so powerful, specifically, I am talking about conscious breathing. Because, you know, you and I know we've been like, we've been breathing for like all of those minutes and all of those seconds of, you know, this interview. We breathe all day long, all night long. Conscious breathing is where the strategy actually lies. You see, um, breathing is tied to our nervous system. And with conscious breathing, it allows us to regulate um, our automatic nervous system. We call it ANS, A-N-S. So automatic nervous system. And the way to regulate it is to do that conscious breathing. I like, I recommend two to three minutes. So now everybody is like, whoa, I totally can do this. I mean, no, no matter how busy you are, anytime you need to take that step back, regulate what's happening, get some calm in your life, we do this conscious breathing. Um, There's lots of, there's like about a dozen of different conscious breathing. And one of my favorite one is the one called box breathing. So uh, if some of you are not familiar yet with it. um, Imagine a box, so with uh, four identical lines. And the way box breathing works is you exhale for four seconds you pause for four seconds you inhale for four seconds and then you pose for four seconds and can you see how you've just drawn a box so exhale for four pose for four inhale for four and pose for four and as you draw that box that's one round by the time you do about 10 to 12 rounds three minutes Will have been enough to regulate your nervous system and get you know that sense of, of well-being and calm that we definitely need in our life with everything going on.
0: I think that is simple enough that I can remember it. It might actually be better than just you know brewing five cups of coffee in the morning just to kick start my brain. That is such a good tip, though. Before we wrap, uh, Frederick, I want to ask you if we were to put something in the time capsule that we were open uh-huh. in, let's say, 20, 30 years, what would be the one thing you would put in there and what would be one quote you will leave for people to open up and look at? It's a trick question. But no, oh,
1: really. um the quote uh will definitely have to be um uh, the one from Henry David Thoreau uh about the path in our brain. Uh how like it never ceased to astound me how, and I know we'll you know we'll follow up with it and we'll have it in the notes. How like centuries ago. Before MRI machine and brains where we could actually see, you know, how neuroplasticity was working in our brain and, you know, that that power of us building path, how he already knew that to get something in our life and a thought and a... a attitude, a belief, an action, a decision. Uh, we needed that repetition, you know, in our brain to create that path. Uh, it's it's a it's a beautiful quote. So I'll definitely put that in. Um, the object, um that that is probably the trickier side of the question. Um, because I'm just so used to be, you know, thinking that we are enough by ourselves. So um, the idea of putting an object for, uh, you said 20, 30 years, would I be the one opening the box? It would oh, be somebody. It would be, be somebody. else. It would be
0: I know what one of the things I would like to put in there is your book. Because I think regardless of time, what you have in there is, is very very useful advice regardless of what walks of life we're in regardless of what industry we're in regardless of nationality physical boundaries and whatnot i think that there's something in there for everybody and i I just love what you wrote
1: (laughs) oh thank you so much well then let's go for this i i hadn't thought of it because what you see is what you get (laughs) i hadn't thought uh but the idea that this could be a legacy uh means yeah it means the world to me um so thank you let's go for let's go for your idea and that quote. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank
0: you so much, Frederick. Before we wrap, where can people find out more about your book and where can we get it
1: um so the book is available um anywhere um the publisher has done a wonderful job with this if you want to sign copy and if you want to hear more about it and you know read maybe some of the endorsements and see um graphics you know I spoke about the structure and there's something quite unique about the book is the table of content is an actual graphic it's not line by line if you want to already take a sneak peek uh, go to lead beyondtheedge.com. Uh, you'll find out more about the book and you can get actually bonuses and signed copies um, sent. We've, we've been sending to all continents and uh, not all countries yet, but uh, all continents and many, many countries. So it's been really, really great. And you get all of the information. Um, and I know uh, Theodora also mentioned I'm on social media. So um, Irish Smiley uh, because Frederick Murphy is too long. So when, you know, I think Twitter is like a 2008 platform. So uh, Frederick Murphy was too long and just my husband had Nick, Nick me uh, Irish Smiley. So we started using this and then we never wanted to change it because it's quite appropriate. So we kept it um, and otherwise LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, Pinterest, Facebook, uh, just Frederick Murphy. So. awesome and i cannot
0: guess why she he would have called you irish smiling just take a look at at your um Twitter feed and your social media and it wouldn't take more than five seconds to figure that out so <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on the show today very much appreciate your time and for those of you listening make sure you do visit frederick's um social page as well as get a copy of her book lead beyond the edge and we will talk to you all next week